0: Warning, this podcast may not be suitable for those with a working pancreas. Chick, chick, chick.
1: This thing working, Tyler? Is diabetes happening? Hmm, let's find out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the inaugural episode of the Diabetes Happens Podcast. I'm Mike Farrell. I'm going to be joined by Tyler Byrne. We're going to be your co-hosts for this audio journey through the world of diabetes. Tyler, tell the people about yourself.
0: Hey, everybody. My name is Tyler Byrne. I'm a film and TV producer. I live in Brooklyn, New York, and you know I'm raised in the great Garden State. That would be New Jersey, for those who don't know. And I'm a type 1 diabetic for 22 years.
1: It's a long time. Yeah, man, that's a long time to have diabetes.
0: I think you're a diabetic too, aren't you?
1: I am. I am also a type one diabetic for 23 years, Tyler. Not to one up you. you got know. me. Huh? You got me. A little Jersey slide on the diabetes uh, one upmanship there. My name's Mike Farrell, Big Mike. I'm six foot eight, so I'm probably you're still, still big, big. Mike, yeah. Uh, and I'm the assistant athletic director for broadcast and production at the University of Maryland. Go Terps. Um, and I was born in Michigan. I grew up in Florida, and now due to the job, I live just outside of the Washington, D.C. area. So that's me, man.
0: That's us. And diabetes happens. Yes, sir. That's why we're here. It's a passion project for us. It's actually a company we founded in 2007, and we're going to talk more about the founding of the company in a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, But this podcast is our newest project. And in this podcast, we're going to be talking about living life with type 1 diabetes, because that's something we know a little bit about. And we want to talk to all you guys about it. And, you know, it's part of our comeback. We're kind of, uh, we're getting back out on the scene right now with this podcast.
1: I think that this is an awesome opportunity for us. So don't call it a comeback. Let's just call this bad boy a relaunch, Tyler.
0: We want to welcome you guys to the first ever episode of Diabetes Happens, the podcast.
1: Yeah, why, uh, why are we doing this, Tyler?
0: Mike, that's a great question. Uh, we are here because it happens to be uh, the 25th anniversary of Chris Dudley basketball camp. Uh, unfortunately, because of the current situation in the world, the global pandemic that we're all going through, uh, that camp won't be happening in person. There will be a virtual version of the camp this year. But uh, with our company, Diabetes Happens, we thought this was a great time to launch our podcast and spend the first several episodes. We're going to call it season one, uh, talking about camp, what it means to us, our favorite memories from, from going to camp.
1: I mean, I think that really wraps season one up pretty nicely. That's season one for you. We're going to wrap it right here. We're done. Uh, moving on to season two next week. You know, one of the things that that has been important to us in in starting this, this company has been like trying to create a a good dialogue about diabetes and like really empowering, you know, the kids that we met at camp and, and even ourselves when we were a little bit younger, uh, being able to empower people to have a, a good and open conversation, to be proud of the fact that they had a, this disease um, and, and to not really like shy away from it. And we saw a lot of that, you know, even from ourselves when we first got diagnosed and we saw it a little bit at camp. And, and one of the things that we wanted to do was let kids know that it was okay uh, to have diabetes, to, to speak about it and not be afraid to, to let people know that they had it and then also help, Kind of educate other people that we ran into,
0: right? It's opening the conversation outside of the diabetic community too, and raising awareness of all of us type one diabetics out there. And like we've always said, kind of promoting a a positive outlook on having type one diabetes. And I think that's what the you know we'll talk more about the founding of the company, but that's what the you know the slogan, the mo- the the name of the company. It feels like that you know encapsulated uh, a lot of our ideas and and kind of attitude about you know moving forward in life without a functioning pancreas
1: one of our first logos had, a, had an <laughs> actual tried pancreas on we tried the pancreas logo. It didn't look
0: so good it had you know it didn't work as a graphic element but uh it's still funny it's and hilarious. it's still true that our pancreases don't work by the way plural of pancreas did we ever figure that out
1: i don't know. i still go with pancreas
0: <laughs> pancreas funnier so like we said, this first season is gonna focus really uh, on our our memories of camp uh, and it's gonna line up this year with Chris Dudley basketball camp happening virtually. Um, and we want to bring everybody back together that has been to camp, that has worked at camp. Uh, we want to have conversations about it and uh, talk about what a place that has impacted us in, in a major way. Big time impact. Profound impact.
1: I think that one of the things that's gonna be fun too is being able to bring in some other people, listen to them, rehash the same stories with us.
0: Yeah, we're excited to have, have some guests coming on for future episodes. And we're gonna talk about our favorite experiences. It's a favorite place of mine. I think to get to, get to camp, we're gonna talk, we're gonna kinda of go back to the beginning and uh, talk about how we met, how we got to camp, our personal origin story. To set things up
1: i think the first thing though is is tyler like everybody's got a diagnosed story right like how it is that they found out that they became a diabetic and that's right gotta, that's a thing i want to hear yours man tell the people how you found out that you were type 1 diabetic uh
0: i was i was 11 years old it was 1998 hmm. late 90s yeah you remember that year i do <laughs> i don't remember it that well to be honest I do know that, so I had, you know, I had classic symptoms. Um, I wasn't feeling good for for about a month. And I was finally forced to go to the doctor against my will. No, no, I I went because I wasn't feeling good. And, you know, I I ended up, I went to the pediatrician and then ended up going to the hospital. And, you know, it was the, as legend goes, walked in with my my mom and my brother and my, my younger brother, Connor. Shout out, Connor. He's type three diabetic. He he's a he's a big part of diabetes happens. So we want to shout out to him. Our graphic designer works with us on all aspects of diabetes happens. Uh when when I got to the hospital, you know, he he was a mess. He was crying. And all the doctors gathered around him. Little did they know mm. I was the one that needed some help that day. You know, I so I spent a week in the hospital. You know, that this was before pumps, this was before CGM, uh, all that stuff. And uh, you know, we were practicing giving insulin injections into oranges. Really? That was one of the things I remember. I swear to God. I
1: grew up in Florida and that was not a thing. <laughs> they shipped them up from Florida
0: so I could, use, so I could try it. I'm kind of, uh,
1: I'm a little mad that I never got that, that was how I was having
0: I the syringe, man, the vial and the syringe. It was just, let's, um, go,
1: let's go straight into the stomach, big guy. That's what they did for there me. There you
0: go. You were braver than I. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, one of the first things I did, I was, you know, I was an athlete my whole life. Not as good as Mike Farrell over here, but I was—you know—I was 11 at the time. I was playing on several basketball teams. I was playing on an AAU team, as well as a, you know uh, another travel team. And so one of the first things I did uh, was was Google athletes who had type 1 diabetes. I actually don't—was it Google back
1: then? I think it was. What was I mean, the search engine? Might have been Yahoo,
0: Earthlink. Cool. I don't know. A- AOL. I don't know. Definitely not AOL. Paying. Maybe it was AOL that I searched on. Um, and, and I don't know what the internet speed was, but as soon as I could find a computer, as soon as I could find a desktop, uh, I, I found out athletes that had type one diabetes and that was, you know, what, that was one of my questions was, am I going to be able to, what's my life going to be like now? And one of the main things for me at the time was, am I going to be able to play sports? What am I going to be able to do or not do? Mm -hmm. You know, obviously we found out that type one diabetes does not hold us back from doing anything. Uh, but you know that was one of the first things, and and lo and behold, uh, there was a basketball player on the New York Knicks at the time, my favorite team, Go Knicks! It's a tough life for us, rough. But uh, Chris Dudley uh, was on the New was York all right Knicks. alright though. Late nineties was a good time. Chris Dudley backing up Patrick, the great Patrick Ewing, on the New York Knicks at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was like the stars aligned. Chris Dudley has diabetes, and he also has a camp for kids with type one diabetes and it's a basketball camp. So I kind of remember that pretty clearly with, along with my diagnosis, because I think it was one of the first things I did to research and, and figure out, you know, what I was facing, what was ahead of me. And that was a comfort already right there, seeing that there was a guy who had been playing in the national basketball association. And, uh, I was really excited about, about the prospect of, of, uh, of this camp. Um, I guess that's not many details on the diagnosis, Mike. But it was a long time ago. I know, I know. It was before we met each other. What was your blood sugar? Man, I Do you feel know when you I, came into the hospital. That's a great. It's a. It's a real. It's a diabetic. Uh, Mine's like imprinted a, on the. It's mind. like stats, right? It's like yeah. your diabetic stats. <laughs> what was your diagnosis number? <laughs> I gotta think it was in the six hundreds or something like that. But I might. I might be making that up. What was yours? Eight ninety two.
1: That's high. Pretty high, not the highest I've heard. Higher, dangerously high. Yeah, I was uh, I was a freshman in high school, so I got it the year before you got diagnosed. Right, um, and I had gone through playing basketball uh, in high school freshman year on the varsity team. That's right. Little two A Father Lopez High School in Daytona Beach, Florida. There you go. Uh, became a nice little power squad, but we had moved into the spring. I got I got diagnosed on on March twenty first. My mom texts me every every year on the day uh, diagnosis day yeah and initially before that we had been going to regular doctor i had like a super sore throat uh they, they thought it was like laryngitis you know the recommendation was lots of gatorade lots of lots of water right let's flush this thing out um and so my mom had been like pumping me with gatorade uh for like a week regular gatorade not regular. gatorade zero yeah that's right didn't even exist back didn't then. exist back then what about gator load? Ooh, I'd, I had never even heard about that until getting to camp and Chris talking about it. I lost 30 pounds Wow! in two days. I lost 42 or 45 pounds in total, but I was a skinny, skinny dude. I was like 6'5 in my freshman year of high school, right. and I had been 185 pounds, and I went down right. to like 142, something, 140, something ridiculous. I definitely like lost that.
0: weight too, but I don't, remember, I don't remember the numbers when I, when I was 11. But you were, you were already, yeah, you were, a, you were in high school, mm-hmm. and you were a big guy, at yeah. least in height.
1: In height, height-wise. Right, so, like, but you were already
0: the, skinny and you lost that
1: kind of weight. The day before, I had got, my dad's a professor at Stetson University, and I you know, had access to utilize the, the library there, which is a nice little library. Had to do some reports you know, for school, and so I had to get my photo taken, and it's like the worst photo. I think oh, they boy. still have it on file. Uh, oh my god like it's atrocious you don't look so good in that. no i look you? awful awful and the next day like my mom used to carpool everybody she worked in daytona we lived in deland florida like 30 minutes in right and uh she would drive a few of my buddies and i into school just because it was like on the way to work for her anyway i couldn't go into i couldn't go to school so she like took me to the hospital that she works at and they got a wheelchair for me pushed me in they did all the, the blood work and then I was f- so thirsty, right? Like it's right. just one of the main signs. Same. And the only thing that they had to drink in the entire hospital. Everything was sold out except for Mountain Dew. So oh my, my mom got me a Mountain Dew, gave me a Mountain Dew, hadn't heard anything yet. And uh, I wound up staying in the hospital for like five days. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I had a similar stay. But I did not get to I did not get to inject an orange. I'm a little disappointed in that. Straight Come on, into Florida. your body. Yeah. What was it back then? lente no i was using nph and r regular baby no no i wasn't it was seventy thirty, i think before that Seventy
0: thirty. yeah
1: yeah I, I mean i think there's a there's the classic
0: symptoms and similar stories right of not knowing what's wrong with you
1: and then like that's a nice unifying thing though right like right. whenever you showed up to camp everybody had their story that they could tell you could understand exactly what they were going through and it was like nice to have other people that could understand what had happened to you and like how that sort of changed your life
0: there were others that had gone through the same thing Mm -hmm. and had to deal with the same things as they were getting diagnosed as they were learning about how to manage it as they were then going back to school after they get out of the hospital so there's this unspoken
1: sort of understanding with all these uh and if you're lucky maybe you have one or two other kids in your school that has it too you know i didn't have anybody normally you're the the only person. Like I had one other kid who was a baseball player, but I didn't find out that he had diabetes until our senior year in high school. That's crazy. Like he never talked about it.
0: I think that's uh, something that happens um, if you're younger and you don't want to feel other Mm -hmm. from the other kid. I remember having to go, I mean, obviously, you know, you got to be safe and let everybody know. Uh, But I remember going to the, you know, nurse's office before gym class and kind of being embarrassed that that had to be you know, the situation, I guess it's, you know, it's unfortunate and, but he should have been talking about it more, but he kept it to himself.
1: I wish that he had, it would have been awesome. That's right. He was big time baseball player. You guys Went could have been di-
0: diabetes, dude.
1: Early on diabetes.
0: DeLand yeah. diabetes.
1: Uh, he was, he was Ormond Beach, oh. I think maybe Port okay. Orange. Who knows? Long time ago, man. That was a long time ago. How did you find out about camp? Do you remember? Same thing. Like while I was while I was in the hospital, my mom did a whole bunch of research. Like that was I had one of the same questions that you did, like, can I still play sports? Doctor was like very quick to say yes, which was great. And my mom, you know, you got Gary Hall Jr. who's a gold medal Olympian, you know. He he's a diabetic and
0: loved that one. Saw him at an airport once, by the way, at six AM. That's awesome. I was barely awake, but I had to say something to him. He was gracious. He was awesome. He was more awake than I. But that's because he's an Olympian. You know what I mean? He's like a a superhero, that guy. So you you found out that Chris had a
1: camp? Couldn't do it that first year. Uh, They had already booked out everybody. Uh, It was too late in the year to to get in. Right. And then... um, enrolled for the next year and I was a little worried to be honest yeah like going because one it was all the way on the other side of the country two I was at the older end of the camp already like sure. 17 is a cutoff and I was 16 that year
0: and you were a very serious basketball I was a serious basketball player
1: yeah and I'm like I, I wasn't sure if that was going to be like the primary thing about camp um, sure so I was hesitant to go but my folks like were like you're going we're going to take you and you're going to have a great time and Lo and behold good thing they did things, that all those things came true
0: and we get out to vernonia oregon man august 1998 set the scene for us mike of
1: vernonia oregon i don't know how to like do it justice it's a logging town in the what is it like 45 minutes outside of portland
0: correct i think it's uh west of portland between portland and the coast the beautiful coastline
1: beautiful coast if my life had gone differently and I never had diabetes, like I would not know about Portland the way that I know about Portland. And it's become one of my favorite cities in the entire country. Like I love that city. It's the best. And PDX. And Vernonia, Oregon is this little outcrop. You what do you do? You take two or three roads and you you get there. It takes forty five minutes to get there, but you're you're on very few roads and you show up into town driving through forests just forests, man like you are and then in it's a one-lane road man vernonia is a one-lane road and you you arrive in town and it has like one of those very old school wood signs that has a deer painted on it and I remember like it well hand-painted vernonia uh, but like the lettering is very pacific northwest and then you turn right onto this main drag and you go through this little sleepy downtown and then you take one more left and you have to go up a little bit of a hill
0: <laughs> thank you for those detailed directions mike Guess we don't need a uh, map quest anymore.
1: And Larry Steele, a all star from the Trailblazers, you know, pre Great Chris fact. Dudley, like in ni- the nineteen seventies. He owns this plot of land. He rents it out for the entire summer. He he hosts some basketball camps out there, and Chris he lets Chris use it uh, for his camp. What is it? It's four courts downstairs, like down the hill, and two courts up the hill. Is that right? I believe so. Surrounded
0: by. The beautiful evergreen, the evergreen trees. It's like a, it's an oasis. It's a little, it's these outdoor basketball courts in this beautiful uh,
1: little hilltop. Yeah.
0: Vernonia. Vernonia So it's diabetic utopia up there.
1: I don't know how you thought about it, but like coming from the East Coast, when I showed up and I saw that everything was outdoor, I like, I was like a little nervous because right. all I think about is the humidity and like bugs. And Same East just, coasters, baby. Just grossness, right? Like being right. outside all day uh and that was not something that i was looking forward to but obviously there's no humidity there are no bugs it's just beautiful and serene it gets like, hot
0: at uh, th- that time in in oregon but during the, make, day. the weather during the day but the weather's beautiful it's
1: perfect at night it's like cool and crisp throw on a hoodie is super comfortable and That's it's right during the day you throw on a tank top and Flip do flops. some basketball stuff <laughs> <Flip> <laughs> flops.
0: yeah no i remember the first time arriving i also was nervous i had never been to camp uh, I'd never been to a sleepaway camp of any kind. And now I get to, you know, I get diagnosed with type one diabetes and, you know, that's a whole nother thing to think about, but obviously this camp is for diabetic kids. And yeah, I remember the same, I mean, I'm, I'm from New Jersey. I grew up in Northern New Jersey, right outside of New York city. Uh, so it was a very different scene out there in Vernonia, but it was really exciting, <laughs> really exciting to pull in, check in with the counselors and you almost forgot for a second that everybody else was a diabetic it's like oh yeah that's why i'm here that's why everybody else mm-hmm. we're all we're all going through the same thing you know there's a little nervousness right but there's an immediate kind of bond and comfort zone that you feel upon arriving do you remember who
1: your bunkmate was that first year I'm, i was trying to remember like much easier for me joe edwards was uh was my bunkmate a uh, good friend joe edwards british guy went to the university of oregon Tyler and him were both in my wedding. Outstanding guy. He was actually on my team too. We were the sons. Right.
0: So this is Mike. You were on the. You were older, so you were on the what we call the lower courts at the camp, which courts. is for the older kids. I was on the cusp. I was still. I was young enough to be on the upper courts, which is for the ten and eleven and twelve year olds, or something like that.
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: Something like that. So I was on. So we didn't play in the same courts. I was good for the for the little kids.
1: I was one of the top players. On the upper courts. This is where our destiny cemented, right? Despite That's the fact right. that there's this there's this age difference between us, and it's it's what only like five years. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, you were eleven. I was sixteen. Five there years. There you go. But we were both campers of the week. You That's were the, right. You were the upper court camper of the week. I was a lower court camper. It's one of, one of our week. great honors. That's right. Do you still have your your autographed shoe from Chris Dudley? I have it. I have a little plaque
0: too. I believe. Nice. I've got an autographed
1: Chris Dudley picture here as well. Yeah, you do, and a hat and a basketball. <laughs> Every all the autographs when you receive a, a size 17 shoe that's autographed from an NBA player, I think that that like puts you in in rare air, you know. It's a whole separate
0: category. I had to call our parents from the landline at camp.
1: Oh man, that's right. That's right. Little line.
0: There was a line for the landline. Getting letters. Know? Getting snail right. mail. <laughs> getting letters at camp.
1: That's right. That's right. Uh, was yeah, a So bit- we. That was a, that was a thing too. The counselors walking around calling out people who got, That's right. who got early camp. The folks.
0: Someone came in. That's so funny. I forgot about mail at camp.
1: We just kept coming back. Right? Like I That's enjoyed right. myself so much that like, I didn't want to be a camper again, but I wanted to be a part of the experience. He and was so, too
0: good. Ladies and gentlemen, he was uh, too good of a basketball player. He was too that, tall. That was
1: a very long time ago. Too big to play. I came back as, as a water boy. I was, I think I was the first water boy. In that's camp right history If we're if we're talking the the totality of the 25 years i think i was the first water boy <laughs> in camp history literally a position created for you um and then, come back and then i was a a counselor for a long time after that before flipping the switch man and and going over the other side some people called it going to the dark side and, and becoming a coach
0: right so i continued to be a camper for another you know what was it 16 or 17 you know when you when you're it's your final year, yeah. so another five or six years, and then became you know a staff member right after that as well. So we we kept coming back, uh, for many many years. And then, even when we couldn't go back and work at the camp, we would be going back to Portland to see everybody for a little yeah. mini reunion at the end of the last day of camp into the weekend out there. And yeah, we, we really showed up for a, a few tradition. Thursday nights. We did show up for Thursday night, Thursday night's the campfire, yeah. Man. Uh, now called
1: Pass the Ball, Pass the Ball, yeah. We're, some, we're the old camp heads when there used to actually be a fire. An actual fire. Uh, everybody would just say like what they loved about camp, what it meant to them, what they were going to take from camp into the rest of their life once they left the oasis in Vernonia, Oregon.
0: That's right. It was uh, pretty that's cool. It's always a special night.
1: We're going to talk more about that at some point, too, aren't we? I think we have a whole episode dedicated to
0: uh <laughs> to the campfire. We do our own little uh podcast campfire. I'm looking forward to that. Something one. like that. Should we'll figure good. it out, guys. Got to have Coach Mackey on that one. That Oh, man. He gives the best campfire speeches. You're on notice. Pass the ball speeches.
1: Mackey, you're on notice right now.
0: So when did we... We were both on staff. We had mm-hmm. become best friends, along with a lot of other uh, buddies of ours from the Chris Dudley camp experience. But when did, when did Diabetes Happens emerge to
1: us? We are officially founded in 2007. I think in 2006. Correct. I had made a iron-on t-shirt and brought it to camp. And then uh, Roxanne Stapleton, who was running the show back then, she came back, she went into town, she made, she got everybody's t-shirt size and made everybody who was a counselor, uh, a diabetes happens like iron-on t-shirt as well. So we were all rocking them way back in 2006.
0: That's right, iron-on letters on
1: black t-shirts, I think, right? They were, they were black for the guys, black, white letters for the guys, and I think gray for the girls with okay. maybe black letters. I can't remember what the colors And those
0: were. words just came, they just came to you in a
1: dream? Diabetes happens? When you were low? A fever dream. Definitely some low logic <laughs> happening there.
0: Mike went low and diabetes happens appeared in front of him in lights. <laughs> right. Because so I, re- I, re- I was still, maybe that was my last year as a camper or was I on staff? I don't really remember. I th- there's there's going to be a lot of almost not remembering things. I think you were,
1: I think you were, it was either your last year or you were already on staff. Right.
0: Or it was my first year on staff. And so I remember seeing those shirts and talking about it with you.
1: Because Tyler did not have to be a water boy. Tyler mm-hmm. went directly. It's into, a little known fact about me into being a counselor straight from Well, the I was,
0: I think I was, I was activities director. I was Ooh. promoted. I was a camper. Next year came back as activities director, if you can believe it. I love it. Those uh, campers and camp folks will will know that that's a big deal. Let's be honest. I'm 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 lucky. I'm one of the lucky few. Let's just put it that way.
1: Sliding <laughs> well, um, in all these references, I love it. Uh,
0: so so those iron-on T-shirts were kind of homemade the first year on a whim, homemade. And then I think you and I put our heads together and realized
1: I was coaching basketball.
0: That's at- right.
1: Back at my alma mater at Lafayette, and we had lots of phone calls where we decided that it was something that we wanted to try and do. We wanted to be able to raise enough money from t-shirt sales to send kids to the camp. Like there's an expense to the camp, right? Like it's not sure. it's not free. Parents gotta pay money. There's they, they cover the cost of all of the test strips, the insulin, they have doctors on there the entire time, all the counselors, the coaching staff. Like it's not a cheap week to put no. on
0: and the dudley foundation takes takes care of a lot of those expenses but there's you know there's still a, a, a small fee to come to camp
1: mm-hmm. and so what we wanted to try and do was minimize that fee or completely take away that fee for a few a few campers that otherwise might not be able to go and, and allow them that opportunity That's right. to go. and we were wound up being pretty successful at that like we we made a like the first year we just had the og shirt right is that what right we're we call it the the og
0: or the original which is just a kind of evolved version of that first iron on letter t-shirt and that was just simply putting our our uh, the name of our company our motto to live by on mm-hmm. the front of the t-shirt we had a little logo a little logo on the back our dh logo and we've been inspired by our experience at camp and kind of changed our outlook on life with diabetes. It all kind of came together, and we realized that we should actually do something with this slogan and with these T-shirts. And that's when we made our first run of official T-shirts. I think we had a little test run before we brought them out we to Virginia.
1: Did. We did. Yes. We were like it... we were diabetic renegades back in the day, man. Yeah, you're not allowed to sell anything on our, on Disney property, and like we just rolled in there. Tyler, what, what you were on vacation with your family? Is that right?
0: I think I think that's what I use as my cover, dude.
1: And you had uh, you helped get the boxes shipped down there to where you right. were staying. There was this big conference. It still happens in Orlando every year. I forget exactly what it's called. Children
0: with diabetes or something like that. I think yeah. that's right. And that year, yeah, the Dudley Camp was doing a a mini clinic, kind of a three day mm-hmm. or even just a day, right? A version. It was part of of, of yeah, as part of this conference, they were bringing their talents to mm-hmm. Orlando, and a lot of folks came from from the Dudley Camp family. A lot of folks came down. Uh, coaches, Maggie came down. was there. Maddie C right. was
1: there. Uh, like I lived an hour away, so I was there. That's right. Maybe even D-Wag. I think D-Wag. I might think have even D-Wag was him. there. Uh, we're talking uh, about David Wagonblast, folks. We had tried. Like we had tried to go through the official channels too to to, to sell the church there. Like right. There was something about
0: a, it was like a year in advance. You had to set up a booth. You did to and be we, able to sell that. And what did we say,
1: Mike? We said, "Screw it. We're we're going." It's not going to stop us. Yeah.
0: Diabetes, Diabetes happens. happens. Diabetes is happening. Even if they won't let us officially sell our shirts there, so what? Well, we had the shirts on. We were a part of the Chris Dudley camp. We wore the clinic shirts
1: to the clinic, right? We generated some nice buzz there, and then people we saw legally us. sold
0: some shirts out of cardboard boxes in the backs of minivans. The
1: back of a you minivan. Know, I
0: should say we did. I went on this quote vacation with my family because of this, and I should say just to give give some love to my family. That's what happened when I went out to the camp every year. Uh the first year it was like the whole family went out and I went to camp. They hung out and then we went on a little vacation Mm -hmm. uh in Oregon after and we basically did that for eight years. So we became the, you know, New Jersey family that knew everything about the state of Oregon, which we have great pride in. That was anyway.
1: That was similar to my family. My That's right. Although for significantly fewer years, obviously. But I know that first year my brother came with and they went on like a Orca whale watching uh (laughs) nice whale watching. Yeah.
0: Pacific Northwest, baby. That's right. And then they sent me, uh, finally, I went solo and uh, trusted you with uh, caring for me out there.
1: I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Kevin and Gina, my apologies.
0: No apologies necessary. But back to Florida, great little test run for our shirts. We're selling them out of boxes and vans.
1: We just rolled up with our with our own design t-shirts. They were legitimately in cardboard boxes that we were like punching to open. And then we sold quite a few. Like we had walked around I the think, entire complex. I think they them. did. And people were like, where can I get that? Like, are you? do you guys have a booth? We're like, no, we tried to get a booth.
0: Yeah, it was our target audience. So, But it, all it takes is like, I think that little, uh, you know, seeing that on a t-shirt caught on. And people said they saw us wearing them. We were walking billboards. We had a lady write a
1: blog post about it. She was there. That's she right, bought man. one. It's our first press piece. that' was our, f- our first and only press piece. I think. <laughs> I think we saw Then
0: we were just flinging them out. We had people following us to the parking lot. We were flinging them out of boxes. Like the Pied um, Piper, man. That's right it's like it's like you can't you can't Tyler had his a,
1: guitar was just playing some music and like all these little kids were just following him out there
0: <laughs> waiting for a shirt busking in the parking lot and then uh you know it was a nice proof of concept there because mm-hmm. we realized people liked this idea they liked showing it they liked saying diabetes happens and putting it on a t-shirt and you know fostering this conversation and being proud of it and we took these and we made some more shirts to take them out to yeah. chris dudley camp that year
1: we had to do another order of shirts that's right. That was nice. We were feeling good about ourselves that summer. We we sold enough to where we knew we could do another few runs of shirts, and so like the next year, what we came back with three. I
0: believe. Yeah, was that the second year we got uh we the got excited second. and we we let we're our creative excited. juices flow.
1: Uh, well, we let our we creative have?
0: juices flow. Well, the first so the first year was what that gray. It was the dark gray and white. Is that was our original colorway? Dark gray and white. Yeah. Yeah. Just diabetes happens. Right that's right the, front, the og Right across so the, we, the we you know we thought we had some other great ideas and wanted to expand for the second year we came back with uh oh, peace, peace love, love insulin it's a good one
1: connor did some good work on that had a little peace sign with a hand uh, a heart shape and then a vial of insulin and then the lettering underneath
0: i like that one it's
1: a good one maybe, we, maybe that was we should a popular one. one again
0: maybe Hey, if anybody has you guys, uh, if anybody has photos of, of you wearing your Diabetes Happens
1: t-shirts, we we want to see them. You're gonna you got to send them our way. DM us. We have upgraded, not upgraded, but we like reconfigured all of our social channels again. So Instagram's back up and live. We're at @diabeteshappens Diabetes Happens. Twitter, same thing. At Diabetes Happens. I don't really use Facebook anymore, so like
0: I don't think. Uh, let's just say we're not even on Facebook. I think <laughs> we might be though. Uh, you could email us hello at diabeteshappens.com. Uh, we want to see those old "Diabetes Happens" T-shirts from over the years. The We're not wild, on TikTok man. yet, but there is a there is a, a thriving diabetes community on TikTok, actually, with diabetes jokes and stuff like that, which I love, which I'm all about.
1: You got to send me some of this. I haven't seen. I have not delved into that world yet. Oh
0: boy, it's a deep <laughs> dark rabbit hole, TikTok. I don't know if I should be admitting that I, am, I look at TikTok. So we just <laughs> will leave it there. But uh, yeah, that, that that next year where we had several, I mean, what else did we We had our coast-to-coast uh, design, which was a cool one. Had some meaning behind it.
1: Pump it up. Was
0: that, pump did we it do up? pump
1: it ups too that year?
0: They must have been spread out over a couple of years. I don't know. Because we also had our Viva Dudley shirt too.
1: Oh, that wasn't that year. Was that that okay. year?
0: All our diabetes out there, you got to remind us. With our limited edition t-shirts. We can't even
1: keep track of the years that we've released them. Tyler, are we calling them are we calling them our diabesties or are we calling them the low table?
0: Our fans, our fans to be out there. <laughs> what do you guys want to be called? The low table, the diabesties? I think you got to explain the low
1: table reference.
0: The low table, you're a low table expert maybe more than I, but let me say that uh, the low table is a is part of the test and shot process at the chris dudley camp which really becomes it's all about the protocol a, kind of a sacred tradition of chris dudley <laughs> chris dudley camp uh it if you are below 70 mm-hmm. you're going over to the low table which is right next to the testing table you're greeted by two lovely counselors who are experts in in raising blood sugars <laughs> In fact, Mike, you've you've kind of created a few formulas for raising blood sugars, right?
1: A few custom juices. Yeah, uh, yeah, a, def- a little half and half of orange juice and apple juice. What do we call that? Apperange. Apperange, man, that thing works.
0: Mike, is it? It's patent pending. It's a juice called Apperange. It brings your blood sugar up when it's
1: below sixty. It
0: brings your blood sugar up. Uh, so you go over there to the low table. You test. You treat. You test again if you've come up, you're allowed to leave the low table, but the low table becomes kind of a a mini community in itself over there. And sometimes, if your blood sugar is not coming up, then you're hanging out at the low table for multiple cycles.
1: You got to wait 15 minutes between each test. Right. So you're sitting there. As counselors, we had to come up with like a number of different games or questions for the kids. So. For I learned, campers. I learned a lot just wanted... about favorite bands and favorite movies. There you go. Great way to get to know the kids. It really is. I was always
0: a fan of of, of learning every single camper's name as a counselor. I think Gotta I did it for it. a while. To to get back to our other idea, hashtag Diabetes. That was another t-shirt that we made we came back with in 2015. We uh, we upped our game to include uh, the hashtag symbol for today's technology on various social media platforms. <laughs> And I think that worked. I think I was no, but in all seriousness, was very happy to see many campers wearing hashtag diabestes t shirts, taking pictures together and hashtagging diabestes on Instagram, on Twitter. And that was kind of the idea behind it to show that we all kind of we all support each other. Mm -hmm. We're at camp and then we, we, you know, everybody goes back to their wherever they live throughout the country and the world, and yet, you know, there's still that bond. And that was kind of the the fun idea behind that t-shirt. It's a fun uh, connector that shirt and I think I think it worked well. Maybe another
1: one that we'll bring back. Always raise some other questions too. Uh, we should it does. we should 100% bring that one back.
0: That's a no, it's just a it's it it ties into our philosophy, right? It's like you being uh Mike and I, you know, we've we've gone out to bars, we've gone out to restaurants and it's uh not being afraid to answer the question, oh, how do you guys know each other with we're type 1 diabetics. Mm-hmm. And you know, especially when you wear those T-shirts, I guess it it uh, it begs the question, right? Um, but it is part of that. It is part of not being afraid to have the conversation, not being afraid to tell someone that you have type 1 diabetes, to talk about what it is, to talk about misconceptions. Is that a good time to tell everybody that uh, we are not medical professionals, Mike? Yeah, we are 100% not medically trained in any field. That is correct. Thank you, Mike. It's very <laughs> important that we say that. Anyway, getting back to our shirts, we skipped over one actually, which is Pancreas Schmankreas, which was a avant-garde kind of uh, idea that came out uh, on our five-year anniversary in 2012. And it actually was really popular. I'm glad people liked that one.
1: I was a little hesitant about it at first. I'm not gonna lie. You and Connor came up with that one, uh, and I think it's become one of my all-time favorites now at this point.
0: I mean, it goes along with the ideals of the company, right? Yeah. Pancreas, schmancreas. We don't need that thing. If it's not going to work, we're going to live our lives in a positive way, even without it. And it is a funny one. I still laugh about that one. I think it's still (laughs) Connor's favorite, actually. So, you know, all that being said with those t-shirts, like we mentioned, the original goal was to spread a good, a fun message with these shirts, but to raise money to be able to provide... Uh, kids with diabetes out there the opportunity that we had to go to Chris Dudley basketball camp mm-hmm. so we're proud to have sponsored uh, lots of campers to come have that opportunity and come out to Vernonia
1: and we're bringing them back we're going to bring some shirts back we're going to release some new ones I like that's what that's the whole goal for this year the idea behind this pod is to is to bring back the the idea of diabetes happens we want to we want to get back out there and make a difference again Tyler I think that's it man I think we actually did it we finally did it. We got an episode of the Diabetes Happens podcast actually created.
0: And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks for finding this podcast. And we look forward to many more of these with you guys.
1: That's right. And if you've made it this far, please join us. Tyler and I are about to head to the lion's den right now.
0: That's where we're going. I'll uh, I'll bring the whistle.
1: Tyler, you know I got the dice.
0: And in case you guys forgot, diabetes happens.
1: It sure does. Until next time. Peace. Peace.